0: You're listening to the Life in Christ Church Podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? So we've been talking about uh, prior to uh, Leanne coming and, and last week, Pastor Sarah talked about consecration. Phenomenal message on consecration. Just just excellent, consecrating ourselves to God. Yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your ways, right? We want to serve God. We want to honor God. We want to live a life of consecration. Uh, you know, some people confuse consecration and obedience with, with rules, right, with, with religion. And if you do go down that route, and there is a route that you can go down where you're following man-made rules, man-made regulations, not... God's rules and regulations, but man made. You can't wear this, you gotta wear a hat this size. You, you know, the Mennonite church, uh, the Amish church, uh, who was telling us this story? Pastor Sam Smucker, how his dad, in the, in, in, you know, Pastor Sam Smucker from the worship center, his dad, you know, they grew up Amish, uh, his dad would, would be a little and and the bishop would come and say, well, Whatever his name was, your hat needs to be this length, and he would wear it that length, you know, a little bit longer. And if he didn't change the length of his brim, he couldn't take communion. How many know that's man made? That has nothing to do with what's in the Bible, nothing to do at all. And there are whole denominations or abominations, whatever you want to call them. Um, there are whole, you know, sects of denominations, holidays that have a bunch of rules just like that, and people are striving and trying to keep up with them. How many know that leads to death? It leads to death. I don't mean you'll physically die, but it leads to the death of your spirit, drying up of your spirit. And who can do that? Who can last in that world? That's why I'm convinced most people don't want to go to church because they believe it's like that. They believe it's all these rules and regulations. I got to live holy. Holy means that, man, you can't laugh. You can't do anything. You have to live like a stiff. You you know, but they have no idea, no idea what a true relationship with God is. That's what we're here to do, develop our relationship with the living God. Not religion. Well, I can't stand religion. Well, you're a pastor. Yet yeah, religion is not what we do here. People say, well, what religion are you huh? What do you mean? I know what they're saying, but they're, we don't, we're don't. we not a part of any religion. We believe in Jesus. We believe in God. We believe the Bible, right? That's what we do around here. So whatever you want to call it, you're Pentecostal, you're this, you're that. Well, I'm, I believe in the word. I, t- I speak in tongues. I believe in the move of the spirit. Amen. We believe in the gifts. We believe in the, the whole Bible cover to cover. That's what we do around here. Uh, and so people often confuse a message like, you know, consecration or an obedience message. That's what I want to talk about this morning, obedience, living a life of obedience, uh, because that's what we're called to do. Often, you know, that's not the, 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 the people's favorite topic. You know, Joyce, uh, you know, when I'm going to talk about love too, Joyce Meyer always said love, the book on love was her least selling book. The lease, the book that sold the lease was the book on love, The Revolution of Love, I think it was called. She goes, Nobody wanted to buy it. Uh, but how do you know that's a subject that, man, 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 it's vital that we grow in this area. And most people think that they don't have any problems in this area. So before we go anywhere, uh, we're going to talk about love real quick. I, 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 you know, when we became the pastors of the church about two years ago, we launched, became an independent church. The Lord told me, Focus on love, right? Teach the people to walk in love. Uh, And and to be honest with you, my natural bend is not love. My natural bend is revenge. (laughs) Well, he did what? Go get him. You know what I mean? That's my natural bend. But how many know it's not good to live uh, according to your natural self and your natural bend? I want to live out of my spirit, man. And if I live out of my natural man enough, it'll overtake my spirit man. And the Bible says that if you're led by the natural man, it leads to death and destruction. But if you live out of your spirit, it leads to life and peace. I had enough of death and destruction. I have had enough. I've had enough death and destruction in my life for five lifetimes. I mean, just turmoil, living in turmoil, looking over my back, fights, problems, mistakes, all kind of issues, living out of this right here. Doing what I think I should be doing instead of living out of here. And so uh, when it comes to love, it's important because uh, love is the curtain rod that everything hangs on. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. But the curtain rod that everything hangs on is love. If that love rod goes down, everything that's attached to it goes down with it. That's why we're to fortify that curtain rod daily. How many of you have seen this book, Love, the Secret to Success, by Pastor Mark Right? Raise your hand if you do not have this book. If you do not have this book, okay. All right, I have one copy. Give it to you guys right here. This is Pastor Mark. You can get it online. You probably get it for free if you call his ministry. Um, but it has 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, actually the whole chapter in a bunch of different versions. And it also expounds a little bit. This way you can read it and develop your spirit. But 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 in the message says, Go after a life of love as if your life depended on it, because it does. Is that that up there? Go after a life of love as if your life depended on it, because it does. That's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Your life depends on this. Why? Because I don't know about you, but my life depends on God answering my prayers. Amen? My life depends on God answering my prayers. If God stops answering my prayers, I'm in deep trouble. I many agree with that, right? If God stops answering your prayers, you're in deep trouble. And so if you look at Mark 11:25, 25, it says, Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you for your trespasses so in other words Bible saying when you pray if you want your prayers to be answered and if you want to be forgiven you have to forgive other people well pastor you don't know what they've done to me they treated me this way they said this they did that listen I understand but really unforgiveness and bitterness uh, it, it it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies It it, it really does nothing to the other person for you to hang on to all these things. It it, it really affects you more than anybody else. So forgiveness is not really for them, it's for you. And so I've made up my mind, nothing is worth my prayers being hindered. Nothing is worth me being stuck, meaning my, my wheels are spinning, but I'm going nowhere. I'm confessing, I'm praying, but I'm holding on to unforgiveness. So basically, you're going nowhere. You're just making a lot of noise, a lot of spiritual noise. Amen. Come on, say amen to that. You're making a lot of spiritual noise, and so uh, daily we need to examine our hearts. Am I holding any unforgiveness? And one version says, "If you have aught against any, aught means any little thing." A lot of times we think if we have any big things, then God notices, but the little things, like I don't like that person, or that person rubs me the wrong way, and man, I just those little things that we allow to get on the inside of us. The Bible says it's the small things, the small things. Right? that affect us the most, not the big things. We can all spot the big blow-up that we had with our siblings or our spouse, but it's the little things that come and get hooks on the inside of us. The little things. We need to be on guard for the little things. Somebody say the little things. <laughs> and I believe God will help us and show us. He'll show us these things so that we can release these things and walk in love. And it's very simple, very simple. Uh, and it has nothing to do with how you feel. Well, I I said I forgive him, but I still get that feeling. It don't matter. Eventually, your feelings will change if you'll continue to just say, I forgive him. I walk in love. I forgive him. Uh, Love is not a feeling. It may produce a feeling. Love is a decision. Amen. Love is a decision. You decide to walk in love. So I've made up my mind, I'm going to walk in love whether anybody else walks in love or not. So Brother Hagin said, said, I'm going to walk in love whether anybody else walks in love or not. And so you 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 make that decision ahead of time because the Bible says offenses will come. So if you know they're coming, you prepare for them. If I live in Florida and a hurricane's coming, what do you do? I prepare. I have sandbags. I board up my windows. I get supplies, right? So if you know offense is coming, just make up your mind ahead of time. You're going to walk in love whether anybody else walks in love or not. Because John Bevere said offense is the bait of Satan right satan uses offense to ensnare you to trap you it's like a trap because you know it feels good to your flesh to go off on somebody come on it feels good to to, just get revenge and to let them know how you feel (laughs) man i'm telling you right now if you go down that path man it's dangerous 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 path especially with your spouse if you just shoot off anything that comes to mind to your spouse man words have power words dig words hurt you may say, well, I'm sorry, it's just words. I'd rather you punch me in the face than say some things to me. Come on, my thing, it'll my heal, but words will get on the inside. Words are like containers. And so we need to be very careful what we allow to come out of our mouths. Yeah, it's good to repent. Yeah, it's good to make things right. But some things you can't take back. Some things people will hold on to for the rest of their lives. Your children, what you say to your children, is, it, it is of utmost importance that you're speaking life over your children. They make a mistake, Well, man, you're so stupid. Don't ever say that to your child. Oh, you're so dumb. You're never going to make it. You keep that up. Don't ever say that. Speak life over your child. Speak life over your spouse. Well, my spouse is annoying. You don't even come to church, or she don't even come to church. And you see the way they treat me. Unless they're putting their hands on you or really, like, abusing you verbally, uh, then that's a different story. But if they're, you know, if you just have disagreements and you just don't see eye to eye on some things and, you know, just kind of a lot of friction... Love on them. Speak life over them, right? Let them know how much you care. Let them know how much you love them. Oh, baby, you're going to make it. You're, you're going to be okay. You're going to fulfill the call of God on your life. You are. You don't need to pray in the other room. I hope they change, Lord, and, and, and this way they can hear it. That will aggravate the fire out of them or, or her. Come on. I'm telling you. I've been there. I praise my wife. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. prayed for me. <laughs> And so, you know, these things, these things are of utmost importance, what we say, um, when, it, when it pertains to our love walk. And so reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8 every day is a good way to, 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 to get it into your spirit, to build a reservoir that you can pull from when, when things arise in your life. That, 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 that annoy you, that aggravate you, that, you know, people do you wrong, you have somewhere to pull from instead of your mind. Because if you pull from here, man, I'm telling you, it'll lead to destruction. I've never walked the, uh, down the love walk and regretted it. Never. Now, my mind will tell me, oh, they're going to think you're a punk, or oh, they're going to think, they, you know, they're going to take advantage of you, uh, they, you know, they're going to continue to do it. If you if you walk in love, if you show mercy, they, you know, they're going to take blah, 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 blah. But I've never regretted taking the high road. Never. I've always regretted going down the other road. Every time I've regretted it, every single time. And the Bible says, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, verse 1 in the message, but in the Amplified, it says, Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. Now, a quest is a lifelong dream or anything that dominates your life. And holds your attention for at least 20 years. So in other words, it's not just you you walk in love once or twice or here and there. This is a lifestyle. It's what you do. Amen. Your great quest in life. Something that dominates your life, holds your attention for 20 years or more. And so, you know, well, I forgave him. You, you may need to forgive him over and over. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 18, when they, they ask Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive him? Seven times? He says 70 times 70. 70 times 70? Lord, you know how annoying this person is? You know, this person, they just keep doing the same thing over and over. 70. And the Lord never, will never tell us to do something we can't do. Never. He'll never put you in a position where you can't do what he's told you to do. Amen. Come on. Amen. And so there's grace available. And the Bible says that with temptation, there's always a way of escape. And so sometimes temptation may be to go and take the other road instead of taking the love road. And so it, when, that, when that happens and you're in a situation where you feel like, I can't, I can't forgive, I just can't, look for that way of escape. It's there. Come on, it's there. Uh, but, but, but you have to look with your spirit eyes, not with your natural eyes. Now, you can love someone and not allow them in your house. You know that, right? You, you can love someone and keep them at a distance. Somebody comes into my house and continues to steal from me and, and whatever. Uh, man, I forgive you, I love you, but you ain't coming back in my house. <laughs> right? Come on, amen. You don't have to be a doormat. You don't have to be a, a stupid with this. But it's not allowing it to get on the inside of you. Come on, amen. And so say this. Say, I'm going to walk, in love, I'm gonna walk in, love. in love. Whether anyone walks in love. Or not. Or not. We're going to go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Verses 4 through 8, we're going to read it, and we're going to allow the Word. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. The Word of God will make adjustments if you let it. It'll make adjustments on the inside of you. I've given the example. Let's just say my wife and I were arguing or whatever the case may be. And yeah, okay, most of the time it is my fault. I know sometimes I say it's hers, but it is most of the time it is mine. And so, you know, we'll be in an argument and, and you know, I'm feeling some kind of way. And, and I, you know what? I have to step aside. And I've realized if I'll step aside and go and read my word and I'll, I'll read it out loud. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's own achievements, nor inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame or disrespect, nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best of others. Love never takes failure as defeat. For it never gives up. If I read that and get that into my spirit, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It starts to make adjustments on the inside of me. It starts to chisel off some hard spots, soften some other spots, mold some other spots. And I walk out, baby, I'm sorry. I couldn't do that before. I had to let the word renew my mind in this area. I had to let the word make the adjustments. That's living according to the word. Right? Not living according to your flesh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Come on. It has the ability to, to, to make the adjustments on the inside. And that's in every area of your life. If you're struggling in one area, you read the word, it'll fortify that area. Right. And so th- th- the word is powerful. It's active. It's alive. It's not just some dead book. Come on, it, we're, that we're reading to have good morals. That's great. Every religion teaches good morals. Jesus Christ is the only one that's alive. Right. And it's the only one where we can derive power from. Come on. Right. Uh, the same power that raised Christ from the dead we know lives on the inside of us. You can't say that. Buddha doesn't live on the inside of anybody. Come on. Amen. <laughs> And so we have power that's available to us. Take advantage of that power in every area of your life. You don't have to live out of here. You can live out of here and see victory in every area of your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Um, And so um, I want to encourage you, fortify that, strengthen yourself in that area. It'll help you. I'm telling you, it'll save you a lot of heartache. It'll save you a lot of problems um, because offense, like I said, offense will come. Uh, So let's get into it this morning. We'll talk about obedience. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the word that you have for us this morning. I declare revelation knowledge will flow freely, unhindered and unchecked by any outside force. We're going deeper and further than we've ever gone. And Father, I declare we have ears to hear and a heart to receive. I thank you, Father, that you're showing us things this morning. And Lord, let, 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 let people by your grace be doers of your word. And I declare they shall see results and they shall see fruit in their lives. Thank you, Father, for everything you're getting ready to do. We give you all the credit, Father, for every good thing that happens in this service. And we declare miracles, signs, and wonders follow the word preached. The word will change, rearrange, and make adjustments this morning. And we will go not the same way we've come. And we'll be strengthened and edified full of faith. Faith is being infused into your spirit this morning. This is an atmosphere of faith, an atmosphere of love. And you are being touched this morning. And everything that you've come here to get, you shall receive my faith. You shall not leave here empty-handed. You shall leave here with everything you've come to get by the power of God, those that come hungry and thirsty shall be filled in Jesus' name. Say, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. for the things of God. For the of God. Amen. So we're going to talk about obedience this morning, and, and uh, you know, we, we talked about authority prior to this, so I think it's a good segue because I believe a lot of, a lot of times the reason why our authority isn't working is because we're not obedient. So we talked about authority and how important that is, but maybe some of you are saying, well, I've been walking in authority, I've been, I've been saying what you've been ta- telling me to say uh, and what the Bible says, but I'm not really seeing the results. Uh, a big part of that uh, is because people aren't being obedient, uh, because James chapter 4, verse 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he shall flee. So a lot of us are trying to resist the devil, but are refusing to submit to God. Amen. And and submitting to God has to do with obedience, right? Obeying him, obeying what he's told us to do, obeying uh, where he's told us to be, which is a big part of that. Uh, And obedience isn't just one time thing or even a couple of time things. Obedience is, is, is a lifestyle, right? A lifestyle where we adhere to what God wants us to do. Um, and, and I don't know about you, but I, I I'd get excited because Isaiah one nine says if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat what the good of the land. Amen. I'm excited. I want to eat the good of the land. I, I want to live the life that God wants me to live. Uh, and so it's going to require that that we we you know lay our own will aside like. Pastor Sauron was talking about last week. If you haven't listened to that message, go back. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. It's on the podcast, Living a Life of Consecration, where we're saying, Lord, not your will, not, uh, not my will, but your will be done in my life. And we're not talking about, you know, healing. Lord, if it's your will for you, we know it's his will for us to be healed. We, we know about some things what his will is. But when it comes to individuals, he has individual plans for each person, right, that are not necessarily spelled out. So we have to seek him for that and then obey him in that. Um, And so Isaiah 119, write that down if you're taking notes this morning. I hope you are. Uh, I encourage everybody to bring a Bible to church, bring a notebook. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Willing has to do with your will, right? Your will. Uh, And so, you know, you can do something but not really be willing. Uh, it's like the kid, the teacher that tells the kid, sit down and the kid sits down, but he goes, yeah, I'm sitting down, but on the inside, I'm standing up. Right. meaning he did it, but, but really he he ain't really on the inside. He ain't really with it. And so a lot of times Christians will do something the Lord tells us to do, but really it's not, we're not willing. We're being obedient, but we're not, it's not, hasn't been settled on the inside of us. And so you you have to do that early on. Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I want to do. Whatever you have for me, that's what I want. Uh, And I've noticed that really, you know, anything I've ever wanted, if, if God wanted something different, it's always better than what I ever thought. Come on, it's it's, it's way better than anything I could have ever imagined for myself. I thought, man, I would love for it to go this way. But then I follow God and it goes this way. And man, it's always way better than I ever imagined. And that's what he says, more than you can think, ask, or imagine. That's what he wants to do for you, right? More than you can ask, think, or imagine. Uh, I can ask, think, or imagine some pretty incredible things in my mind. I don't know about you, right? And so when he says he's going to do more than that, that gives me confidence that I can follow his plan for my life. That I can follow what he has for me. And I don't have to be worried about, man, is he going to lead me down the wrong path? Is he going to lead me somewhere uh, that's going to endanger me? God will never lead you down a a path that will endanger you. Everywhere God leads you is a place of increase. Come on, a place of more than enough. And and so we're going to see that here um, in uh, in Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 22. While you're turning there, I just want to let you know there's no substitute for obedience. You can't say, well, I'm not going to obey, but I'm going to fast 40 days. Or I'm not going to obey, but I'm going to give this check. Or I'm not going to obey, but I'm going to pray. There is no substitute for being obedient. Uh, Some people like to think there is, but there isn't. Um, And so your life changes when you start to obey. Somebody say amen to that. Your life changes when you start to obey. Genesis chapter 22. Uh, A lot of you know this story. Abraham... um, Sacrificing Isaac, but we're going to read it if you have it up on the screen here, Genesis twenty-two, verses one to fourteen. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. Then he said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and after him there as a burnt op- and offer him there as a burnt offering, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Verse 4, then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Verse 5, then Abraham said to the young man, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Verse 6, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. And he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Verse 8, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Verse 10, And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here am I. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have... Not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by, his, by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And so, at first I was going to paraphrase, but I realize not everybody has heard that story, believe it or not. Uh, and so it's important, you know, just that, that we're, you know, it's a long passage, but it's important that, that we're seeing it, that we're reading it, that we're getting into our spirit. But we see here that God gives Abraham an instruction, and he tells him to go sacrifice his son Isaac, and he tells him exactly where to go. He says, go to Mount Moriah to sacrifice your son now imagine if Abraham said, well, okay, I have to sacrifice Isaac, but do I really have to go to Mount Moriah? Why don't I just go to Mount Kilimanjaro? It's a lot closer, right? And he goes to Mount Kilimanjaro, and he goes to sacrifice Isaac, and he actually does it. <laughs> because really, uh, this is what we do. We'll take a part of what God told us to do and do half of it. But the provision was at Mount Moriah. The ram caught in the thicket was at was at Mount Moriah, right? And so if he would have went to somewhere closer or followed half of the instruction, he would have been in big trouble. A lot of us do that. A lot of us, well, the Lord told me to move to, to Lancaster Uh, and and told me to go to Life in Christ Church. But I'm here in Lancaster. Do I really need to go to Life in Christ Church? You know, their their youth group isn't up right now, and so my my children need a youth group. And so, you know, I'm here in Lancaster. That's the important part. You know, so I'm going to go find another church. People do stuff like that. I mean, you know, I've done stuff like that myself. But it's vital that we follow the whole instruction because if you see verse 13, it says, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horn. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 14. And Abraham called the name of the Lord. The, the, uh, then Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. Your provision is tied to a location. Amen. Your provision is tied to a location. Uh, you know, we're here pastoring the church. Uh, not by accident. But how did we get here? I had to take steps of obedience uh, and, and so we were living in St. Louis, we got married in St. Louis, uh, loved it, working for Joyce Meyer Ministries, and, I mean, just incredible, I thought I'd never leave, uh, just a wonderful time, wonderful place, had good friends there. And Pastor Henry and Marlene were sent out from, um, from In the Light to, to pastor a satellite campus. Uh, so I think they were meeting, that was at the, um, at the rec center. How many of you there at the rec center? One, two, three four, five, six, seven people, seven people, wow, at the rec center in Lancaster, I think it was the first service, was it the first service, or one of the first services, their grand opening, so we we come for their grand opening to support them uh, at the rec center, and uh, we're sitting in the service, and they're talking about the vision, and they're talking about what God is doing, and and uh, wow, this is wonderful. You know, I'm thinking great, but I'm thinking, man, I, I'm excited to go home though. <laughs> thank, thank God we're here in Lancaster, but I'm good going back to St. Louis because you heard last week it wasn't the best. We didn't start off on the best foot, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Pastor Marlene was expecting Kenneth Copeland's grandson to marry her daughter, <laughs> and so and so. <laughs> And so I did not want to stay in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I was happy coming twice a year for, the, for holidays, but going back to St. Louis. But the Lord said, this is where you need to be. I'm sitting in the chair, and the Lord says, this is where you're supposed to be. And you would have thought somebody stabbed me, man. I, I was like, oh, heck no. I do not want to be here. Not because Lancaster is not a great place. It's a wonderful place. I, Man, I love it here. I really do. I, now I absolutely love it here, and I love the place. But, you know, the relationship, I didn't really want to live here at all in Lancaster whatsoever. And, and you know, my wife never pressured me to move here, or, or nobody. But but when we were sitting there, Lord said, "Move here to Lancaster. Be a part of what they're doing here." And I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, I do not want to move here at all." And, you know, it just I had plans because I wanted to go to Kenneth Copeland's church in Texas. So we both wanted Kenneth Copeland, but none of us got Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> I want I know. I know. <laughs> she said she wouldn't change me for the world now. I know. Now everything's good. We're good now. Just, just, just giving some story here. So I wanted to go to Kenneth Copeland Church down in Texas uh, or even Keith Moore down in Sarasota because we were taught you move for the church. You don't move for a job. You don't move for anything else. You move to where you're supposed to go to church, and everything will come out of that. And that's really how it should go. Uh, and so uh, Lord tells move here. I go back home. and We go back to St. Louis. And I said, baby, I think we're supposed to move there. She's like, really? Really? <laughs> I'm like, yes, we're supposed to move there. And so we make the move. We come here. We move, right? And uh, they have a satellite church, and we're we're getting involved in the satellite church. Uh, But then I start to think, you know, wait a minute. The Lord told me to move to Lancaster. And we were there maybe a year at that time, a year or two, and I'm like, I'm thinking, man, am I supposed to be here, though? They don't, no, children's ministry, I have a daughter now, you know, the, what are we going to do? You know, I want my kids to grow up in a children's ministry, they don't have that, and it, it's a small church, I don't know, you know, I'm starting to think, man, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here, right? For, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here, there's months I didn't even come to church, to be honest with you, I was just, I didn't want to deal with it, I, I thought, man, I'm not sure, I need to take some time and, and hear from the Lord if I'm supposed to be here or not. And I took some time, and the Lord said, yes, that's exactly what you're supposed to be. I did not want to hear that, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to obey. Because I, I heard a message, I was taught, just like you're being taught right now, to obey God pays. Amen. Obeying God pays off. And so that's what I was taught. People, my, my spiritual father, my pastor, taught me obey God regardless of what you feel, regardless of what you see, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what your family tells you. Because my mom's like, "You're leaving Joyce Meyer." That's what she would call her, Joyce Mayer. My mom's Colombian. You're leaving Joyce Mayer? You know, you know, you know, uh, Joyce Mayer? You know, because she, she wants to tell all her friends that her son works for Joyce Mayer. And so, you know. Uh, I, I, I said, yeah, Ma, I, I, I feel like I'm supposed to leave. And, you know, she, and so you're getting stuff from every side. and But you have to obey God regardless of what your family says. Amen. Come on, regardless of what anybody says, you have to obey God. If you want to see the hand of God on your life, if you want to see provision, because remember, provision is tied to a location. And location is only obtained by obedience. You're only in the right place when you obey. Amen. And so we decided we're going to come. And so, you know, I prayed, and the Lord said, that's where you're supposed to be. And little by little, we're getting more plugged in, and we're starting to, you know, help out a little bit more, getting more involved in the church. And then they asked us, hey, Pastor Phil asked us to take it, and with Pastor Henry Marlene, they were having meetings. If we would take it instead of a satellite, you know, we decided to become our own church, and and we've been here two years. Amen. Praise the Lord. But. But none of that happens if I stay in St. Louis, missing the will of God because I'm already in ministry. I'm already—what do you mean? I'm already doing incredible things. Joyce's grandson wants me to start traveling with the team. I just got a promotion. I'm doing real well. its, it's incredible. They take care of their people. Well, you know, it's not like I'm doing—I'm I'm doing something crazy. I'm—I'm I'm in the uh, in the will of God in my mind. But when He told me to move, I moved. And man, I'm telling you what, man, I know. I wake up every day knowing I'm in the right place, knowing I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be. Be doing. There's no better feeling than knowing that you're in the right place, doing exactly what God has called you to do. That's fulfilling your purpose. Too many people are not fulfilling their purpose. Too many people wake up, go go eat breakfast, go to work, come home, watch Netflix, go to sleep, wait, do the same, aimlessly have no idea what they're supposed to be doing. Hate their jobs. You know, what are you, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to find another job. I'm going to do this. You need to find out what God wants you to be doing and get to it. Amen. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made, made repentance is your way back if you've missed it you lift your hands up you get on your knees lord i repent i've made a mistake i've gone the wrong way father help me and the lord will get you right back on track like a gps literally will tell you left right left right next thing you know you're on the road baby you're on exactly where you're supposed to be heading in the right direction and that's where the blessing of the lord will be for your life you know when times get tough, because times have gotten tough since I've been in Lancaster in the past, you know, th- things start to hit you. But when you know you're where you're supposed to be, you can you can hold on to that word like an anchor. No, the Lord told me to be here. I know I'm supposed to be here, so I can go through this because I'm supposed to be here. That word that he gave you becomes like an anchor that you can hold on to. If you don't have that word, you don't have an anchor, and so you're all over the place. Am I supposed to be here? I don't know. Oh, my God, this is why this is happening. And you be, you just start spinning in your head. I mean, you've been there before right so so man that anchor is so vital it is so vital because storms will come against you even in the will of God storms will come against you things will come against you uh, but when you're where you're supposed to be, man, I'm telling you, that's where you're going to be able to put down roots. That's where you're going to be able to put down roots that are going to tether you. Come on. That are going to keep you steady when the storms come. You'll may, you may bend a little bit, but glory to God, you ain't breaking. Hallelujah. I said you ain't breaking in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And, and you know, and, and the biggest part of that, the biggest part of that is, 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 is the church. Finding where you're supposed to be. Don't ever move for a church. And stop going to work on Sunday instead of coming to church. I'm just going to tell you right now. Stop putting the man's way of doing things. Stop putting the world first. Put God first. Yeah, but my bills. Yeah. Then you're telling me God ain't going to take care of you? You're telling me God isn't going to provide for you if you decide to honor him and put him first? Come on. You'll never put God first and finish last. Never. It'll never happen. You'll never honor God and and, and be in lack. It'll never happen. Ever. Ever. Well, my boss, yeah, okay. Let a Muslim, let, let, let him tell a Muslim that he can't go to prayers because he's got to be at work. It'll never happen. So why do patricians get punked around? Well, you got to work. Well, no, I'm not working. i got to go to church. You better be here. You're going to get fired. He'll never say that to a Muslim or Jew. Never. No, only Christians because we take it. We take it. Man, he tell me you got to go to work. Oh, you don't want this problem. I'm telling you, I honor God. I need to go to church, and so I'd appreciate it if you could maybe rearrange the schedule. You don't have to be uh, uh, mean about it, but start honoring God on Sunday. How does Chick-fil-A shut down and make more money than those open seven days a week? Come on, tell me. How does Chick-fil-A, who shuts down on Sunday, the, the dumbest business move you can make to shut down on Sunday, but make more money than Burger King and all these other spots that open up on Sunday? How? Because the blessing of the Lord is on them. Come on. The blessing of God is upon that business. Amen. They honor God. And so uh, obedience, that's, that's where you're going to see your wealthy place. You know, the children of Israel were not in the wilderness because God had a bad day. They were in the wilderness because of disobedience. In other words, most of us, if you're in the wilderness, it's by choice. Well, I didn't make that choice. Well, a lot of us expect things to happen, but but don't want to be obedient. Amen? God gave specific instructions to the children of Israel. And when they disobeyed, by default, they stayed in the wilderness. Same thing with going to heaven and to hell. We have a decision to make. God does not make robots. He gives each and every person a free will to decide. Right? And the Bible says, I set to record heaven and earth this day before you. I put before you life, death, blessing, and curse curse. Choose life that you and your seed may live. You have to choose the path of life. You have to choose the path of obedience. No one can do it for you. And when you don't, there are consequences. You open the door to the enemy. It's not that God says, oh, you don't listen to me. I'm going to smack you. No. God says, walk this way and I'll protect you. But if you go that way, I can't help you. You can't quote Psalms 91 and disobey the spirit of God. Amen. The Psalms 91, you know Psalms 91, right? The, everybody quotes it for protection. You can't quote that six times, but, but disobey the, the, the prompting of the Lord not to go downtown that day. Come on. There was a lady that called up Kenneth Hagan's ministry and said, I just got mugged. Some lady, I just got mugged. I just got mugged. But I've been quoting Psalms 91 my whole life. This didn't work. It didn't work. So he starts talking to her. Well, okay, did you, you know, tell me what happened. She goes, well, I was praying this morning. I felt like I wasn't supposed to go downtown. I felt it on the inside, but I quote Psalms 91. Well, there's your issue. You overrode the spirit of God. You were disobedient. There is no substitute for obedience. Amen. You can't quote scripture and, and, and hope it'll override your disobedience. Come on now. Come on now. You can't quote scripture, Lord bless me, Lord increase me, but you're not being obedient with what the Lord tells you to do with your finances. Come on. Amen. We're talking about a higher way of doing things this morning. Come on. A higher level of walking with God. And that's what we want. I want the more excellent way. I don't want the mere man way. I don't want the average way. I want the more excellent way. And it's going to require a level of obedience that we've never had before. If we want to go where God wants us to go legitimately, if we want to go into the spirit, you know, and see things we've never seen, it's going to require a higher level of obedience. Come on. In every area, we're on guard. We're watching. Lord, do I go here? Do I watch that? Do I say this? I, oh, in every area of your life. And, and, you know, people say, well, that's bondage. Well, you, you, you just do what you want to do and see how your life turns out. One of the most wicked doctrines that there is today is, uh, is when they say serving God is hard. One of the most wicked doctrines I've ever heard. Serving God is hard, you know. No, the Bible says the way of the sinner is hard. The way of the sinner, the way of the transgressor is hard. But the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter like the noonday sun. In other words, it gets better and better. If I stay on the path of righteousness, and I'm not talking about by works necessarily. If I'll just keep Jesus at the center and believe in the blood and keep pleading the blood and speaking the word and doing what I know to do, the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. Amen. Amen. Come on. He said the righteous have never been seen begging for bread. Never have the righteous been seen begging for bread. He said he'll feed the, the, the righteous in famine plenty. The righteous in famine will eat plenty. That's what came to me when you were talking about this morning in the offering. That's what the Bible says. No matter what's happening out there, we don't need to be afraid of what's happening in the economy, what's happening out there. Well, you see what Biden did? The gas. I don't ever complain. complaint. I've never complained about gas one time. The gas can go to $15. God will provide everything I need to, to fill my tank, to do what I need to do. Come on, I, complaining? What am I going to complain for? God takes care of me in grand style. I don't lack for ability. I don't lack for opportunity. And I never lack for money in Jesus' name. Amen. Complaining about this, complaining about that. Complaining, I'm telling you, is the enemy. Is the enemy to obedience. Murmuring and complaining opens the door to the enemy. Murmuring and complaining. Not only does complaining open the door to the enemy, but complaining, you, what you're doing is you're accusing God of child abuse. You're saying God can't take care of you. God won't keep you. God won't protect you. Amen. Amen. I fully believe God will take care of me if he has to bring, if he has to use ravens to bring me meat twice a day, he'll do it. You, you believe he'll, he'll send birds? I, I don't know. What, he'll do whatever he needs to do to take care of the suspense family. i am tell you that right now. And he'll do whatever he needs to do to take care of you if you will have faith in him. Come on. Praise God. And so we're talking about a higher way of doing things this morning. Uh, obedience is going to require your flesh to die. Your flesh to be put under. Because your flesh wants to tell you what to do. Your flesh wants to rule your life. Your flesh wants to dictate what you do. And your flesh will lead you down a path that will that, cost more than you want to pay. Come on. You'll stay longer than you want to stay. Right? And it will create all kind of problems for you. Your flesh. Uh, but when you honor God and you obey God's principles and you obey what he's told you to do. Man, that's when life gets real good. Go to Romans I like to read it out of the Message Bible. It's one of my favorite scriptures, Romans chapter six. Why are you going there, Job? Write this down. You don't have to go there, but Job thirty-six eleven says, "If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure." If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their years in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Don't be upset at results you didn't get because of the work you didn't do or the decisions you didn't make. Don't be upset. Listen to me. Don't be upset at the results you're not getting because of the work you're not doing. Or the decisions you're not making. A lot of people complain, I'm not getting this, I'm not getting that, I'm not getting this. But they're not making c- good decisions. They're not obeying God. You can't just do whatever you want to do. You know, I have a friend who, who runs red lights, who, who gets tickets like crazy. And then when they come take his car, man, the system's against me, man. Man, they, they, they're just always out to get me. You can't do what you want to do and expect everything to work out. Come on. You ha- you can't run red lights. You can't speed and expect them not to take your license. You, you, you can't not show up to work. You can't show up late and expect them not to fire you. Come on. But people think that they can do, well, oh, yeah, yeah, they fired me. Well, you show up late every day. You don't, you don't have a good attitude. You're not making good decisions on the job. What do you expect's going to happen? My people to people are crazy, you know, nowadays, but I believe we're quick, sharp and alert and we're going places. Come on. Amen. Amen. We're quick, sharp and alert and going places. And so. Romans chapter six, verse 15, we're going to start in verse 15, 15 to 18 in the message Bible. So since we're out from under the old tyranny, does that mean we can live any old way we want? Since we're free in the freedom of God, can we do anything that comes to mind? Hardly. You know, well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. But offer yourselves to the ways of God and the freedom never quits. Offer yourselves to the ways of God and the freedom never quits. The more obedient you are, the more freedom gets unlocked to you. The more free you become. I've noticed the more I obey God, the more free I become. In every area. So I just started to get more free, freer, freer than I've ever been. And God wants you to be free in every area of your life. He doesn't want anything holding you down, any bondage, nothing latching on to you, right? Lay everything aside so that you can run the race that you're supposed to run. If you have stuff holding you down, you ain't running as fast as you can run in the natural. Same thing in the spiritual realm. If, you're, if you have stuff that's holding you back, you ain't running at the capacity that you need to be running. And so obedience unlocks things, and obedience literally chops chains off of you. It, it, It frees you when you start to obey God. But offer yourselves to the ways of God, and freedom never quits. All your lives you've let sin tell you what to do. But thank God you've started listening to a new master, one whose command set you free to live openly in his freedom. Verse 19, I'm using this freedom language because... It's, an e- it's easy to picture. You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time, the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. How much different is it now as you live in God's freedom, your lives healed and expansive in holiness? As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that a free life? What did it, what did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Where did it get you? A dead end. I'll tell you what, that's my testimony right there. I felt like doing whatever I wanted to do. I didn't want to worry about living right. I didn't want to worry about obeying anything. All the gave me was destruction. All it led me to was depression. All it led me to was suicide. All it led me to was, was addiction. That's the path that the devil has for people who disobey. He, he leads them down a path of darkness, and it's different for everybody, but, uh, you know, that's why most people in America, the number one prescription in America is antidepressants. Depression. People suffer with depression, and it comes from, you know, uh, not, not even in major things, but disobedience, unfortunately. I know people don't like to hear that. Uh, And I know people have gone through some things that that, that are really tragic and, and, and and are difficult. But if you'll take steps to obey God in little things, showing up, going places, being around people you're supposed to be around, not hanging around other people, God will lead you down the path of freedom. Come on. God will lead you down the path of freedom. Uh, And so there are many ways, but God will lead you down a path of freedom. Verse 22, but now that you've found that you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise. A whole, healed, put-together life right now with more and more life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life, and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered By Jesus, our master. That's one of my favorite passages. Repeat this after me. Say, today, Today, I renounce renounce the spirit of disobedience disobedience in my life. life. I belong belong to the Lord Jesus. Jesus. And I'm a sheep sheep of his pasture. pasture. I obey obey. the Lord's voice voice. Constantly constantly and consistently. By the, grace of God, By the grace of God, I will always walk in obedience, walk in, obedience. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. The quality of your obedience will determine the quality of your future. The quality of your obedience will determine the quality of your future. So if you obey God, nothing can stop you from reaching your destiny. People say, well, I'm, I'm black, I'm Spanish, I'm this, I don't have an education. I come from here, I come from there. If you'll be obedient to God, nothing can stop you. Absolutely nothing can stop you from reaching your destiny. Nothing. Well, they're holding me back at work. I'm not getting a promotion. If you'll be obedient to God, God will skip that person right over. God will open up a door over here. God will shift you, move you, put you in the right place. Nothing can stop obedience. Nothing. Look, look at Joseph in the prison. He was just obedient to God. Rose to the top. Rose to the top. Every single time they tried to hold him down, he was just faithful to God. Continued to obey God's laws and prospered. The warden of the prison, head of Potiphar's house, con- con- just continued to rise. Nothing can stop an obedient person. Absolutely Nothing. And so, you know, it's going to take work, but I believe I'm looking at people that want to go that direction. So I believe the grace of God is coming upon your life to be obedient like you've never been obedient before. And, Father, right now we repent in any area that we've not been obedient. Father, we ask you to help us. We ask you to strengthen us in this area. We desire to go after your will wholeheartedly. Father, we say yes, Lord. Can you sing that? Yes, Lord, yes. We say yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way. Whatever you have for us, Father, we want it for our lives. We agree with the plan and purpose that you have for us. We will obey. We will, we will obey. Say, I will obey. obey. Whatever you have for me, Lord. I I will obey. Father, we take a stand right now and we say no to the enemy, no to the plans of the devil. No, you will not. No, you will not lead me. No, I will not listen to you. I listen to the voice of God and the voice of a stranger. I shall never follow. I shall stay on the path of righteousness. I shall not look to the left. I shall not look to the right. I will obey.
1: Go ahead. I say yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When the Spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer to
0: Obey you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hey, Steve, do you mind if I pray for you real quick? I was praying yesterday and you came to mind. If you don't mind stepping out to the aisle right here. Thank you, Father. Lift your hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for Steve. I thank you for his heart. Father, you showed me yesterday that you would open up doors for Steve in in the business arena. Father, that you would bring him contracts and clients, that you would multiply his business. Uh, You'll get him to where he needs to be. He may feel like, well, I I need to be, I should have been there, I should have been here. But, but Father, you told me that you'll take care of him. You told me that you'll accelerate him as he yields to, as you yield to the Spirit of God. He will accelerate you. You'll be further down than you've ever thought. You'll be further along than you've ever thought. If you'll yield, he'll accelerate you, and and, and business will will come from the northeast, south, and the west. You'll be amazed of what God does for you. You'll be amazed. God will give you a team. God will give you people around you. God will give you favor everywhere you go. People like you. People want to do business with you. The favor of God upon your life. Increase upon your life. Yes, yes. Yield to him. Pray. Pray and, and be led. And he'll show you. He'll show you what to say and how to say it. He'll show you where to go. He'll show you who to deal with, who not to deal with. Father, keep those away from him, Father, who will derail. Keep those away from him, Father, that will hinder the plan. And I declare the plan of God will come to pass in your life. The purpose that God has for your life will come to pass. You shall make it. You will go all the way. Yes, you will. Doesn't matter what you've done or haven't done. You're a new person in Christ. You're walking a new path. This is new. This is new. Thank you, Father. I plead the blood of Jesus over him. And I declare he will succeed, and the plan of God will come to pass. It shall come to pass. What you showed me in my spirit as I prayed yesterday, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. The anointing to do business upon your life, like Joseph, increase upon your life. Witty inventions and ideas and strategies to reach the people you need to reach. Thank you, Father. And I declare this family, the newcomer family, shall never lack any good or beneficial thing. I declare more than enough. I declare that they're a blessing. They're a blessing on this earth and to their generation. They shall be a blessing to the body of Christ. Yes, yes, generous, generous. You'll be distribution centers for the kingdom. Distribution centers. You'll distribute the blessing. You'll distribute the blessing. (laughs) Let it be so. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this church this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, don't leave here without doing that. There is a heaven and there is a hell. If you die today and you're not 100% sure that you'd be going to heaven, today you can be 100% sure. Don't leave here. Don't leave here without making things right with God. You can leave, put your head on a pillow tonight and your life may be required of you. You may not get another chance to receive Jesus into your heart, to make things right with him. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. It says you shall be saved. So if you mean business with God, he means business with you. All you have to do is repent of your sin and repent and pray that very simple but powerful prayer. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun this morning. Don't leave here without making things right with God. That's one. If you're in this other category where maybe you've received Jesus into your heart at one point, but something's happened, a divorce, a bankruptcy, a tragedy, a death in the family, then maybe you're not as close to God as you once were, and you want to come back to God. You want to rededicate your life You say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to run my race. I'm ready to honor you. I'm ready to obey you. I'm ready to go and run and do everything you've called me to be. No longer will I run from you. No longer will I be disobedient. No longer will I stay in the same place year after year. I want to draw near to you like I once were. If you're in any one of those two categories, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Don't don't let anything stop you from raising your hand. Who cares what what they're doing to the left, to to the right, what your spouse or your friend will think. This is your moment with God. If the Holy Spirit is tugging on the inside of you, raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to be 100% sure. I want you to lift up your hand. If you feel that tug on the inside, don't let anything stop you from slipping up your hand. Thank you, Father. I'm just going to give you another moment. I don't like to rush this. I want to be 100% sure, and no one leaves here without accepting Jesus into their heart. This is a very important moment. Anyone say, Father, I I want to come back to you. I want to serve you like I once did. That's you. I want you to slip up your hand. For the sake of those watching online, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you are crucified, and on the third day, you rose from the dead, Jesus. I give you my life. Do something with it. Cleanse me. Deliver me. Heal me. Thank you for saving me. I desire to obey you I say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I ask for grace to help me, to strengthen me, to make the adjustments that need to be made. In Jesus' name, amen. A round of applause, amen. I'm so glad that you came to church this morning. Bible says that the doer of the word gets results. So let's put into action what we've learned here this morning and we'll see fruit in our lives. We'll we'll advance in the plan and purposes of God for our lives. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.